small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 54 of Startup BizCast. I'm Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations, a PR firm specializing in media relations, PR for search engine optimization, and social media production. Startup BizCast is produced by BizPods, the corporate podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. To learn how your business can join the podcasting revolution, go to www.endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. In this episode, we're going to focus on crisis communications and crisis planning. What are you going to do if the worst happens? Maybe one of your employees is caught doing something illegal on your property, or worse still, a product you make or sell turns out to be horribly defective. We'll talk about what you need to do to plan for this possibility coming up in the Startup BizCast Advice segment. But first, let's review small business news from this past week in the BizCast Brief. Small businesses drive the American economy. We all know that. However, when it comes to small businesses, new research says old school is the best school. According to a new study from the Corporate Research Board and the U.S. Small Business Administration, small firms that are 25 years old or more have the biggest impact on the economy. This contradicts previous studies. The report suggests that, given these findings, the government should turn its attention to helping existing firms grow rather than working to increase entrepreneurship in general. Visa is partnering with Facebook and helping small business owners at the same time. The credit card firm is investing $2 million in advertising with the social networking site and is launching a social networking application for small business owners to use in Facebook. To encourage businesses to sign up, they're offering a $100 Facebook advertising credit to the first 20,000 firms that sign up for Facebook Visa business. There's a link in the show notes for this episode that will take you to more information on how to sign up. More on these stories and others are available in this week's recommended reading on the Startup BizCast blog, including a bit of advice on small business dress codes that comes from the Salt Lake Tribune. Don't miss it. Time for this week's Startup BizCast small business advice segment. No one wants to think about it, but the worst can indeed happen with your business, whether you have a sole proprietorship or a larger small business with, say, 50 employees in multiple locations. That's why crisis planning and communications are so important. Essentially, if it can happen, you should be ready for it. Now, to start off, I want to give two examples of why crisis planning is critical. One is an example of what you should do, and one is an example of what you shouldn't do. I think you'll be able to figure out which one is which. Example one. In 1982, seven people in Chicago were found dead after ingesting Tylenol that had been laced with cyanide. Johnson & Johnson, which makes Tylenol, embraced the media to help them not only address the issue, but actually warn consumers not to consume the pain reliever. The company recalled 31 million bottles and offered to replace them for free with new ones. Example 2. In 1989, the oil tanker Exxon Valdez ran aground, spilling oil on Alaska's Prince William Sound. The impact of the environment was significant, but the management of the crisis made a horrible situation even worse. Exxon did not have a proper crisis plan. There was no designated spokesperson and no immediate response to the first report of the oil spill. What information did come out was contradicted frequently, and following the advice of the legal department, Exxon kept quiet and refused to acknowledge the scope of the disaster. Now, these are examples from big companies, and you may be wondering what this has to do with you. But while your firm may not be responsible for oil tankers or pain relievers, you need to plan for negative events and manage them if they happen. So let's get started on crafting your crisis plan. 
the first thing you should do is figure out what could happen. Sit down with your management team or your employees and brainstorm. What are the top three or five things that could potentially go wrong with your business? I'm not going to give too many examples here because there are so many different types of businesses, each with their own risks and issues. But think about things like illegal activities on your property or how your customers could be physically harmed, things like that. It might be helpful to type up a document that lists these possibilities and how you might handle them, such as shutting down manufacturing temporarily or contacting the authorities and cooperating with them. The next thing you'll want to do is decide who will talk to the media if they come calling for comment. This is very important because conflicting information from your company will make you look like you're involved in a cover-up, even if you're not. You'll want to designate a spokesperson and a backup spokesperson. If you run a sole proprietorship, obviously you aren't going to have a backup and you know who the primary spokesperson will be. Another thing you'll want to do as part of your planning is to make clear your policy on media contact. This is important if you have more than one employee and is very important if you have multiple employees or even multiple offices. You'll want to distribute a memo to them that tells your associates that they shouldn't comment to a reporter before first talking to you or someone you designate. This policy ensures that you'll be able to evaluate whether you want to participate in news stories that could potentially hurt your company. If you choose not to participate in a non-crisis story, you should still return the reporter's phone call and politely decline. So now you've got a simple crisis communications plan. These documents are going to be about 500 pages long at a large multinational organization, but yours will likely fit on one page of paper. So what do you do if the worst does happen? Here are some tips. If you do get into a situation where the news people come calling for comment on something negative about your business, return the calls. Even if you don't have anything to tell them or release to them, it may reduce the chances of them poking around behind your back. On a related note, if there is a crisis, you should be more proactive than reactive with the media. I was charged with dealing with the media on a day-to-day basis for a former employer, and a major crisis hit. There was little or no planning done in advance, and the management team chose to release almost no information to the media. The crisis was not the fault of the company, but refusing to release that information made us look like we were trying to hide something. It's better to be as open as physically possible and legally possible. And that brings me to another point about lawsuits and police investigations. These are two situations where you cannot comment. If you're being sued, the most you can safely say is that your company has been served. If the reporter asks for further comment, simply tell them it's not your policy to comment about ongoing legal proceedings. Honestly, you probably shouldn't give much comment even after the lawsuit has been settled, whether you win or not. Police investigations can also be very sensitive. If you give out too much information, you can be charged for interfering. Whether the police are looking into something you did or something an employee did, the most you can safely say is to confirm that there is a police investigation involving an employee or yourself. If the reporter asks for more information, you should tell them you don't comment on ongoing police matters and that they should contact the police for further comment. Another situation where you really need to be careful is layoffs and firings. If you tell the world that someone was fired, or even worse, why they were fired, you could potentially open yourself up to a lawsuit. With smaller firms, this isn't likely to become as much of an issue, but if it does, don't say much to the media. The way to handle it is to tell them it's not your policy to comment on the employment status of specific associates. Now, I should give a bit of a disclaimer about these last few examples. It's a good idea to consult with your lawyer if these situations arrive. I'm not an attorney. If he or she says it's okay to comment, then you're clear to comment. 
Now, obviously, I can't cover every possibility related to crisis communications in this podcast, but these are the high points and the ones most likely to arise with a small business. I'd love to hear your comments on this subject and even examples from your small business and how you handled a crisis. I do crisis training for larger firms quite frequently and could use the examples not only in those training sessions, but I will talk about them in a future episode of this podcast series. I will, of course, be gentle not to give out details if you don't want them broadcast. Now, there are a number of ways to contact me. To leave an audio comment, please call 206-339-4366. That's 206-339-4366. You can also email info at startupbizcast.com, or you can leave a comment on the blog. Also, don't forget about a new feature on the Startup BizCast blog. Send me your best advice, no matter what the topic, by going to startupbizcast.com and clicking on Share Your Advice. That's a wrap for episode 54 of Startup BizCast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen. This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no ease.com.